You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. And our listeners are in for a real treat today. We are super excited and super stoked to have Reginald Todd. Reginald Todd is a former forward for East Tennessee State University. Um, He is well known by our panel. They know him very well. So we're very excited. It should be a fun and interesting interview. Um, To get this uh, interview started, we are going to ask Reggie to kind of introduce himself, tell him about where he's from originally, um, and a little uh, personal background as well. He could then transition into his uh, basketball background. Cool. Thanks. Thanks, man. It uh, It is a pleasure to be with you guys this morning. Um, Yo, looking forward to just getting into a conversation and just chopping it up on a good Sunday morning. Um, uh, my background, look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, 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 a Carolina born and bred guy. Um, been here in the Carolinas for most of my life. Uh, spent four years in Tennessee at East Tennessee State University on a basketball scholarship. And um, hey, after I graduated, moved back to the Carolinas. This is home. This is where I'm from. This is where um, the love of basketball all began here. So let me let me start by asking you this: as a you know young boy, Carolina boy, as you mentioned, did you have any basketball inspirations? Were there any players that you said, "Man, I would love to model my game after," or that you just envy? Man, that's a great question. So, you know, growing up in North Carolina, North Carolina is a huge basketball state. Um, If you spend any time in this state, you know uh, that the college basketball rivalry between Duke and uh, and UNC. Uh, So I grew up here uh, loving ACC basketball. Um, Grew up a North Carolina Tar Heel fan. So obviously, you know, my, my childhood, childhood idol who I um, looked up to and, and wanted to pattern my game after of is no other than, 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 than Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Um, he, he is the, you know, he, he's who we all, when we went out on the basketball court, who we tried to emulate. Um, uh, unfortunately, I fell short with that, but uh, hey, look, um, he, He's the guy that most most of our young people looked up to here in the state of North Carolina. And um, and so, yeah, that was my childhood idol. Hey, Reggie. Um, this, so let's to go back. Let's step back. Um, what made you, how did you fall in love with basketball? Tell us the, the, the beginning of the saga that when the basketball was placed in your hand and, and you fell in love with the sport. When did that happen? What age? Yeah, it's crazy because um, my father, so I, uh, I have two older brothers. I'm the youngest of, of, of three boys. So my father played church basketball. And I remember at an early age, we used to be in the gyms, you know, uh, following him around. He won a lot of basketball trophies playing uh, church basketball. 
we would play with all his trophies, break them. Uh, so the love of basketball started at a very young age. I mean, I, I would say four or five years old, you know, we were, we were on the basketball court dribbling during halftime, uh, shooting before games. And that's where the love of basketball began for me. So growing up and being um, tall, you end up getting six, seven. When did you realize you were going to have like, like top tier height? <laughs> Actually in middle school, like, Going from sixth to seventh grade that summer, I grew maybe like three or four inches. And that's when I was like, wow, I think I'm going to be pretty tall. <laughs> you know, I had an older brother, um, my middle brother, Corey. He was already, um, at that time, he was probably about 6'2", 6'3". So... I knew that there was a possibility for me to, to, to continue to grow. But between my sixth and seventh grade year, I grew like three or four inches that summer. And I was like, wow, okay. I think I have a shot to be six, six. That was kind of like the goal because Michael Jordan was six, six. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, if I get six, six, like Michael Jordan, I I'm good. Bet. So, you know, I pretty much know all your brothers, Corey and Scotty, shout out to them. So, you know, as you were saying, like your brother's already tall. What was especially like you trying to be able to adjust to your body playing against your siblings? Like, like was there like a sibling rivalry growing up? <laughs> Most definitely, man. That, that to be honest with you, that's where I really learned how to play basketball. Um, I was the youngest. Uh, Corey, the middle, my middle brother, he was the tallest and still is the tallest. And my brother, Scott, who's the oldest, he was the shortest. So, um, man, again, like I said, we grew up in North Carolina. We love ACC basketball. Um, uh, my brother, Scott is a Duke fan. Me and Corey were, uh, Tar Heel fans, but we also love big East basketball as well. So, I mean, we would play in the backyard. We would make a basketball goal out of anything. I mean, we used to make basketball goals in a house out of hangers. We'll put them up at the door. And, um, you know, we would play inside. When we go outside to the basketball court, um, we, would, we would pretend that we are, uh, uh, we'll, we'll do like a, a Big East tournament. And I would be Syracuse, Corey would be uh, St. John's, and Scotty would be Georgetown. And we would like have a, a Big East tournament and, and vice versa. We would do uh, ACC tournaments in our backyard where we just play against each other. And, um, you know, typically early on, I would, I would lose a lot. <laughs> but as I got older and, um, you know, um, just a competitive, of, of all of us um you know made each each of us better and it, it definitely made me better and it definitely contributed to um you know the basketball player I became and also the opportunities that that came my way because of basketball that's awesome and and I'm you know I'm sure it's great to have 
brothers around you in those developmental stages to kind of really um, hone your skill, you know, your talent. So tell me a little bit about your development um, as a player. Like, did you know when you were younger, now you're developing this passion for basketball, that you were going to be a forward? Did you want to be a point guard, like shooting guard? Like, how did you kind of develop into um, your position? Yeah, so it's, it's funny because um, growing up in middle school, I was the tallest kid on the team. So naturally, I played I play forward or center, um, better yet. I play center. Um, then as I transitioned to, um, to high school, um, early on, I played, I played uh, in ninth grade, I played JV. In 10th grade, we were in Wilmington, North Carolina. So we were um, at Hargett High School. I played, I played a small forward, which was a, a, a wing. I played wing. And um, we had a pretty pretty tall team. My brother Corey was center, and uh, we had a couple other guys that were about six five, six six. So I was like, a, I played wing, and that was that's really my natural position, like a three three. I guess you would call it a three now, a, a, a wing player. So when when we moved to Columbia, South Carolina, um, we 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 went to. Um, Richard Northeast High School in, in Columbia, South Carolina. And that's where I graduated from. And the team that was already there was a, a, a pretty good team. And uh, we had a 610 uh, player, uh, Nikki Davis. He was the number one high school recruit out of South Carolina at the time. And we had a couple other guys. One guy, uh, Derek Earl, he ended up getting a scholarship to Townsend State. We had uh, Rodney Spain. He was 6'6". He ended up getting a, a scholarship to Fayetteville State. And then my brother Corey was a senior at the time, so he was 6'9". So naturally, I moved to the, I played point and two guard, mainly point that year. Um, and so um, my basketball game was always, I was always pretty versatile. I could dribble, I could pass, I could, you know, shoot a decent mid-range shot. Um, but my junior and senior years when I really developed um, uh, an all-around basketball game and had the opportunity to play, you know, point guard as well as, um, you know, down low as well. Cool. Without, since we have fast forward, fast forward to high school years, I know one of the things, challenges you had to go through was the Sabbath because you were a preacher, you are a preacher kid and your belief system can you just tell, take us through that whole regiment? Because I know you was featuring a few newspapers about not playing on Friday nights. Yeah, I mean that was that was uh, interesting times. Uh, uh, definitely was a part of the story, my story growing up playing basketball, uh, being a being a PK um, and, and being a Seven Day Adventist, and uh, you know adhering to the Sabbath. It created obviously some obstacles, uh, but it also created a, a, a opportunity to witness. I remember in Wilmington, North Carolina, that was the year that all three of us played on the varsity team. Uh, the local television station there did an article 
um, actually did a news broadcast at six o'clock where they interviewed, uh, you know, the family, my, my mom, my dad, um, my brothers as well, and just asked us about our beliefs, you know, the, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, how we felt about things and, and, and they, you know, aired the, aired the, the, um, uh, the recording on, on, the, on the news. So that was a, a opportunity to witness. And then when we, me and my, bro, my uh, brother Corey, when we went to Richard Northeast, obviously we, we were the number one ranked high school in the state of North, in the state of South Carolina as a, a 4A division. And, um, you know, we were, I mean, things kind of like just exploded and escalated as far as just our um, exposure, I would say exposure and um, um, just the, the, the fact that um, not only were we the number one ranked high school in 4A in the state of South Carolina, we also was ranked as high as number four in the USA Today national polls. And that created a lot of buzz and notoriety as well as, um, you know, attention to our faith as well. And um, in, in, in the state paper in Columbia, they did an article on, on me and my brother Corey on our beliefs. And, um, you know, it, again, like I said, it was a, a great witnessing tool. Also, it created um, obstacles that um, I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll, we'll talk about uh, as we move forward in the broadcast. So when you guys, you and I have talked about this a lot. Um, when you guys became the number one school in the state, number one team in the state, and then number four nationally, you guys played in a tournament or something like that. Tell us about that tournament and who was uh, in that tournament and how how y'all fared. Yeah, so uh, that summer, when we moved to Columbia, that summer, that was my junior year, we went to a team basketball camp. And I know that's kind of archaic. <laughs> now is uh, is AAU. AAU runs everything. But, but back in those days, you know, we went to team basketball camps in the summer. So we went to a Bob Givens uh, team basketball camp, which um, Bob Givens at the time was a, uh, a writer for the USA Today. Um, he did the high school rankings. And so when he did the high school rankings after we left his camp, because we won his camp, he ranked us at number, number eight in the country. So we started a year out as number eight. And we played in a Christmas tournament in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. It was called the Beach Ball Classic. And this is where all the top high school teams as well as top high school players, they go and play at this tournament. They get an invitation to play at this tournament. So the year that we played, you had, um, you had uh, let's see here. Oh boy. Oh, you had Trajan Langdon from East Anchorage, Alaska. He ended up going to Duke. You had um, you had Felipe Lopez out of Rice High School in New York. And I, I'll tell you guys a story about, about we actually played them later. Uh, you had Kevin Garnett. At the time, he was still in Malden. So he, he played in um, the high school in Malden, South Carolina. And you had um, uh, Tremaine Folks from Crenshaw High School in, uh, in LA. And um, 
those were those were the top the top players doing that year. And so we ended up playing, uh, I think first round we played Trajan Langdon team out of East Anchorage. We beat them. And then the um, next night we played uh, Crenshaw High School out of LA. We beat them. And then we played, uh, we were matched up to play Rice High School for the championship. And um, who had, at the time, Felipe Lopez was a number one ranked high school player in the country. So, man, we were like, uh, man, we were just, we, we were just hyped to play this team. We had heard all the hype about Felipe. Um, and um, I was matched up to guard him that game. And so it was a, it ended up being a really great game, a low scoring game. I mean, Felipe maybe scored eight points, 10 points the whole game. Um, the game, oh, you we had were the down. oh yeah, 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 man. I, I mean, I'm not going to take all the credit. It was, it was, you know, it was, it was team defense, but my main objective was to guard him and, um, low scoring game in the forties to end. The, I think the, the final score was like in the forties, but anyway, um, we were down one point. It was like 45 to 44 with about. 15 seconds left in the game. So that year, again, I played point guard. So I did the majority of the ball handling. So um, we called up a play to where I was scheduled to give the ball down low to either Nikki Davis or my brother, Corey. And the, the way that the defense was playing, they were packing it down low because Rice High School didn't really have a lot of height. You know, they were... Six four, six five guys, six six guys, big muscle, muscular, strong, strong, and so the defense was playing double team and Corey, double team and Nikki. So it gave me an opportunity to take the ball to the basket, and I took the ball to the free throw line, and I shot like a a, a, a left handed running, you know, jump shot because I could shoot with my right. Uh, I could lay up, lay the ball up with my right laid the ball up with my left. I'm right-handed. So I came to the middle of the lane and just shot like a nice little, uh, you know, left-hand floater. And we went up 46 to 45. At this time, it's like eight seconds left. And so they throw the ball into Felipe and I'm guarding him. I've been guarding him the whole game. But at this point, man, our whole team just kind of like collapsed on Felipe. And he threw the ball to, uh, one of his teammates that was wide open down low. Now the guy still had about 15, 20 feet to go in to make the layup. And my brother Corey came out of nowhere as he was laying the ball up and he blocked his shot. Uh, but we ended up losing that game because the referee called goaltending. And that's how we lost that game. That's tough. It's always that one controversial call near the end of the game. It's always that one. Now, now that, of course, you already explained the beach ball classic. Now, how did you, how did the team use like this opportunity to play all these top ranked teams that were invited um, to move forward in the season? Like, was it feel to say, hey, like we played against these teams 
we performed at a high level, like really we can win the state championship easily. Was that the was that the thought process moving forward? No, absolutely, man. That was that was the process because um, we left the beach ball classic and we went from rank being ranked number eighth nationally to being ranked number fourth nationally. Even though we didn't win the beach ball classic championship, um, you know the way that we played during that tournament. Uh, gave us an opportunity to move up, you know, further in the rankings. So uh, we were already the the number one ranked high school team out of South Carolina. But um, um, so yeah, we 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 were like yeah, run through our. Uh, we had already we we had already won the um, we call it it's a little four tournament where the top high school teams play in uh, in the city of Columbia. And we had won that tournament earlier in the year. Uh, so we were like, yeah, we, we, we're going to roll through. Um, we're going to roll through the, the, the state to, uh, you know, to the championship game, which was which is played at um, University of South Carolina uh, uh, basketball arena. So we was like, yeah, we're going to stay home, win the championship and, um, you know, see what happens after that. But, man, you know, we 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 after we left the beach ball classic, you know, we ran into some adversity um, on the court as well as, um, as off the court. Are you able to explain some of that adversity or? Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, um, uh, you know, I think that uh, we, we started out our uh, conference play. We ended up losing a game unexpectedly to, um, um, one of our rivals, Laura Richland High School. Um, it wasn't, it was on a Friday night. So again, you know, me and my brother Corey wasn't there. But um, besides that, we just had a very talented team to where, you know, we never should have lost that, that basketball game. But, you know, sometimes you can, can think you're better than, than what you are. And, or either you could play down to um, the level of your competition and, and take teams for granted. And so, um, you know, we lost that game and we had to, you know, after that we had to refocus and really regroup and, uh, you know, just try to finish the season out strong. Um, but then shortly after that, you know, we, we, we got hit with another blow um, when, um, you know, unfortunately, our, um, you know, one of our top players, if not our top player, you know, Nikki Davis was dismissed from the, uh, dismissed for, from the basketball team, you know, for, for some, um, for some, some things that, that transpired off the court. And so we had to finish, we ended up finishing the season uh, without, without our star player, you know, Nikki Davis, the number one ranked high school player in, in the state of North, in, the, in the state of South Carolina. Wow. So after, you know, you played these events, you had things happen. Um, I'm sure between junior year to senior year, you're getting letters from all over the place, playing one of the top schools in the country. Um, what was the recruiting process like? And how'd you end up at East Tennessee State? Yeah, so, so my junior year, I mean, uh, man, we would have all the top coaches come to our practices. So we were right in South Carolina, uh, in Columbia, where, you know, uh, you have the University of South Carolina Gamecocks, which is a, 
which is in a, a Southeastern conference. At the time, the head coach was Eddie Fogler, who is a, a product of, uh, you know, Dean Smith. He went to Ch UNC Chapel Hill. He, he was an assistant coach with Dean Smith when Michael Jordan was there. And so um, they were actually recruiting myself and my brother pretty heavily. We would, uh, I remember going to, uh, Eddie Fogler invited me, my family over to, uh, to the uh, Colonial Life Arena to, you know, walk around. We went into his office, showed us pictures of uh, him and Dean Smith and him and Michael Jordan, which, you know, obviously that was a connection for us because we were, you know, kids from North Carolina. Uh, so it, it was a crazy time, man. Rick Barnes was the head coach at the time at Clemson University. Uh, they would be at our practices a lot. Um, Roly Massimino at the time was the head coach at Villanova. You had uh, Tricanian from UNLV. A lot of these schools were recruiting Nikki Davis. So they would come to our practices. And, uh, you know, obviously we benefited from that because when they come to our practices, they would see us as well. You know, me, my brother, uh, you know, and other players. So, uh, man, we used to get letters. We used to get a ton of letters from, uh, man, pretty much, pretty much, I mean, a ton of schools, all the schools in South Carolina, Clemson, uh, uh, USC, had North Carolina State was recruiting us, um, Penn State, University of Tennessee, just a lot of, there was just a lot of interest, uh, a lot of mail that would come to, uh, to the house every day. We would get phone calls from coaches. We did, a, we played a lot of basketball on Fort Jackson and um, we would have college coaches come to Fort Jackson and watch us. And so, um, uh, you know, that was it, was, it was a fun time and it was, it was a really fun time. It was kind of what we expired, what we all, um, you know, dreamed that would happen. And then for it to kind of like everything to be falling in place, it, it just was like, it was just unreal. Um, but it, it, it was it was a fun time. It was a, a, a hectic time because things were happening so fast. Um, but but yeah, it, it, it was a cool time. Now during this recruiting process, where you're getting letter offers, were you able outside of the University of South Carolina able to see a few of the other campuses? And if so, which one did you like the best? Because some people, like, when you see, like, the campus, it's like, oh, that's a nice school. But sometimes, like, you look at the campus and campus life kind of looks like a dud. And it's like, nah, like, you know, like, when you're in college, it's like, you want that to be, like, your best experience because it's, like, home away from home. But at the same time, you still have your principles that you stand on as well. Yeah, so besides USC, um, you know, got a chance to see uh, Clemson's campus. Um, because they're right there, they're not that far from us as well, um, in, in um, right outside of Greenville. Um, but uh, I, I didn't take, I, honestly, I didn't take many official visits to campuses. Um, you know, after, after my junior year, um, my brother Corey ended up going to junior college in Wichita, Kansas. So kind of give you another story here uh my 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 high school coach 
who is now deceased, uh, Carl Williams, he was a counselor at the um, Nike basketball camps. And so um, he knew all the college coaches. Uh, just, I mean, it was just a, it was just a really good uh, connection for us to had moved from Wilmington to, to Richard Northeast. But besides that, he was also, uh, he had also coached uh, uh, Ty Corbin, who played for the Atlanta Hawks. And, um, oh my goodness, I can't think of the guy name. He played for the New York Knicks. And, uh, oh my goodness. Oh boy. Greg Anthony? That, nah, he's from Columbia. Um, oh my goodness, what is, I see his face, man. Old school dude for the New York Knicks. Tough guy. Not, oh, Charles Oakley's Ohio. Anthony Mason? Nah, a little go Xavier? Back. Xavier, Xavier McDaniel, yep. He's from Columbia. I don't know if you knew that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He went to AC Floor High School. So my high school coach coached him. So, man, um, 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 Xavier McDaniel, man, got my brother Corey to go to uh, the ju junior college in Wichita, Kansas that he went to. It's called Garden City Junior College. So he came to the house and talked to my parents because they were, my brother Corey didn't have the grades to go to, uh, to go to the, a four-year school right off. So he went the, ju the JUCO route and, he, and, and they were recruiting him. So the coaches there said Xavier McDaniel because, you know, we had ties to talk to my brother to really, you know, kind of like convince him to go to uh, ju uh, Wichita, Kansas. So he went there. I still had another year. And so <clears throat> my senior year in, in, in at Richard Northeast, everybody graduated, didn't have a strong team. Uh, I, I was able to still put up really good numbers, uh, average over 20 some points a game. And um, was still getting heavily recruited by several schools, University of Tennessee, Clemson University was like my two top team choices. I, I wanted to go to Clemson because of the ACC. So I was like, yeah, I, I, you know, that's my top choice. I want, you know, I always dreamed about playing in the ACC. So that was the top choice. Um, however, however, you know, the, the issue of the Sabbath started to come up, you know, um, more and more. And um, some schools that were you know, were filling me out to see kind of what I was going to do in, in college about the Sabbath issue. And um, when I made it clear that, hey, you know, I'm going to keep observing the Sabbath during, during college, uh, man, there was a lot of schools that backed off of me because of that, you know. So, um, you know, that was kind of hard. That was kind of tough for me to kind of swallow and try to figure out, you know, you know, what's next i remember you know uh my mom kind of saw my face that something was something was wrong <laughs> you know she uh one day after school and um you know she asked me you know what what's wrong and i was like hey look man you know i don't know what's going to happen next year um you know i've had a lot of interest in schools but right now i don't have any official offers and so she was like, hey, let's just, let's just pray about it. And we just sat down and we prayed. And, um, you know, about a couple of weeks later, um, I got a call from a, 
little guard, man, I forget his name, but uh, he actually ended up playing for University of Oklahoma. Um, white, white guard. He called me and was like, hey, there's an open gym in Lexington, which is like 15 minutes from, uh, from Columbia. Like a server, really is a server of Columbia Lex at Lexington High School. That's the high school he went to. Uh, Tim, what is his name? Tim, I think his name was Tim Haskett. But anyway, he ended up playing for the University of Oklahoma, but he invited me to this open gym, said college coach was going to be there. And so, uh, man, I went to the open gym. You had, you had, you know, coaches from the ACC, University of Virginia, I remember was there, some other coaches. And, um, you know, we played, ran about five or six games, you know, uh, top high school players from Columbia, Columbia area was there. And, uh, you know, I played, I played, I played well. And um, I got approached at the end of, you know, the workouts by uh, uh, a coach. He introduced himself. He said, hey, my name is, you know, Coach Schulman from East Tennessee State University. Um, hey, I like your game. I like the way you play. Um, he said, look, I got to be honest with you. We just gave out our last scholarship to a player, um, uh, a player down in Charleston. But, you know, if you're interested, I would like to see if I can um, schedule you to come on campus and, and do it, make and do a tour. And he said, uh, I said, okay, cool. He said, I'm, I'm gonna stop by your uh, guidance counselor office tomorrow. I'm gonna get your transcript. And then, um, you know, I'll give you a call. So, Man, true to his word, he stopped by the he stopped by the office the next day. Uh, my guidance counselor told me, you know, hey, this guy came in and he wanted his transcript uh, and everything. Um, he went back to uh, East Tennessee State. He called me like a week later and was like, hey, look, uh, he said, I, I'll, if you want to come, I'll, I'll send a plane ticket for you. So, man, he sent the plane ticket for me. Um, I went on campus. I'm, I, I did a campus tour. I met the head coach. Uh, at the time, it was Alan LaForce, uh, head coach of East Tennessee State, and I uh, met the assistant coaches, the basketball team. Um, you know, it was, seemed like a, a really nice place, nice setting in the mountains. Um, the school is in the Southern Conference. They have great basketball tradition where, um, you know, they went to the NCAA tournament like four or five years straight in a row representing the Southern Conference. Uh, they almost upset Michigan one year um, and they had like the shortest, uh, I don't know if you guys remember Keith Jennings, they call him Mr. Jennings. He was the he was voted the Naismith best college player under six feet, short dude. Um, but uh, yeah, they had a really good program. And um, hey, I ended up, uh accepting they offered me a scholarship ended up accepting it and um you know spent the rest you know four years there and um it's great had a great experience playing college collegiate basketball yeah i'm sitting there and, and taking it all in so you finally decided to go to um east tennessee right and um tell us that experience there how they go and um um you spent four years there and, and why didn't you decide to go to the next level? Why did you decide to stop at college? Mm. Man. So yeah. So the four years at East Tennessee, 
my first year, my first year, we were uh, we were uh, an older team. Uh, I think that year they, I came in as a I came in as a freshman, and two other guys. So it was three of us that came in as freshmen. Then there were about two or three other guys that came in from JUCO. And then the rest of the team was pretty much uh, juniors and seniors. And so preseason, man, we were ranked to win the Southern Conference. We were ranked as the number one team in the Southern Conference. And um, um, man, the year ended up being like a disaster. <laughs> we ended up winning seven games. Uh, we won seven games. I actually started one game. At, at, at point guard because <laughs> I was recruited as like a three like a wing player two three but during my freshman year they also expressed interest that also they didn't rule out me playing point guard because again I like I said in, in high school my junior year I played point guard so um man but yeah the year the year was a disaster it was it was just it was just a, uh, it was just a long, tough year, um, and so at the end of that year, our coaching staff was fired, and that was a tough transition because you know they had re they had recruited me, they had you know they were like cool with the Sabbath, um, and now they're gone, and we get a new coach. Um, coach uh ed DeCellis from penn state he was an assistant coach at penn state at the time and uh so he got the head coaching job there and um you know i had to kind of like man prove myself all over again and you know guys who play college basketball and have been through a situation where there's a coaching change um it can either be a good thing or a bad thing bad thing <laughs> Sometimes it's good um, because you know uh, uh, you know you get a you get an opportunity to uh, you know to really start fresh, start clean, a clean slate. Um, but then sometimes it could be not as good because you're not their recruit, you know. And, and at the end of the day, you know uh, um, the success that you have on the court. Um, or that you know may not benefit them, you know the way that that you would think it would. But anyway, it was it, it was a transition period for me. Um, my sophomore year ended up um, ended up uh, starting probably midway during the season. First part of the season wasn't getting much playing time, um, but work you know working hard, you know doing everything I can to become a better player, doing everything that the coaches asked me to do. Um, but it just wasn't, um, it just wasn't manifesting in playing time during the uh, first part of the season. Uh, actually, actually thought about um, 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 transferring, uh, talked to my dad about it, thought about transferring, uh, but started to, uh, at the, the halfway during the season, um, started to get more playing time, became a full-time starter, 
halfway during my sophomore year and um, started my junior year, uh, uh, was the second leader on a team in scoring, was the uh, leader in rebounding, uh, made the second team all conference team that year. Um, and uh, senior year, you know, had another good year, uh, maybe second or third leader on my team. That year, my senior year, we won the most games uh, in about the last five years in, uh, in the school. We, we won uh, 20, 20 or 21 games that year. Um, ended up uh, getting knocked out of the conference tournament. Uh, we won our first round game against the Citadel. Second round game, unfortunately, fell on uh, Friday night. Uh, we had a really good team that year. Uh, best chance in years of winning a conference tournament. But, uh, you know, I wasn't able to play on uh, that Friday night game. And we lost to um, University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. Um, and uh, and that's, that's how my college career ended. Um, after that, I had an opportunity to... Um, had an opportunity to play in Belgium. Uh, I got a, 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 an agent. Uh, he worked out something for me to, to play professionally in Belgium. Ended up reneging on that, coming back and finishing. I had a half, a, I had a semester left to finish school. Came back, finished school with the idea of, you know, pursuing and playing overseas after that. But man, that semester being away from basketball, uh, being away from, um, you know, from, and just focusing on my books, studying, uh, just decided to do something different, man. Go take my life in a, in a different path. Basketball had, you know, had done wonders, wonders for me, um, you know, but, but wanted to kind of get along and, and get a head start on my career. So ended up just uh, leaving basketball to the side and, 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 and you know, st uh, starting a career. And I want to congratulate you. Most time people, um, the decision is usually made for them, but it's, and I am congratulate you, you made the decision. So I want to congratulate you for doing that. And other people live bitterly after it's all said and done. They're like, I could have been a nut. Bro, you may, you may not have been. Just, just be happy that you had the opportunities you had. Um, but, but Reggie, let me, let me say this. Um, let me ask this question. Um, so, I, you know, you talked about playing against some of the top people in the, in the, in the country. And from your just purview, from your perspective, what is the difference between the guys who make it at the division one level, who make it in the pros, and the guys that with all the skills don't? Man, great question. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's not just one thing, it's several things. Um, obviously you have to have some talent, but that, uh, the, the higher level you play, everybody's talented. You know, um, everyone has skills. Everyone can shoot, everyone can dribble, everyone can jump, everyone can dunk. Um, but 
really it comes down to your preparation, how you prepare. You know, are, are you spending the time that's required, you know, to become a better player, to, to, to work on the weaknesses that, that you have? Um, and then are you just determined? Are you just, uh, 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 you know, unwilling to take no as an answer? Um, because you're going to get, people are going to say you're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You know, uh, I remember people used to say, hey, you're too skinny. You're not strong enough. How are you, you going to play? How are you going to bang, bang down low? Because when I went to college, my position changed. You know, I was a, I was a low post guy. But, you know, uh, the things that I had to do, I said, yeah, I'm not, I'm not strong right now. Coming into college, I wasn't the strongest dude. But, man, I worked my butt off, you know, gained about 15, 20 pounds during the off season of, of pure muscle. I came back to, I came back to campus, man, my sophomore year. And my coaches was like, wow, you know, I, they gave me, they gave all of us a workout plan. You know, Hey, this is what you do during the summer. I did the workout plan, you know? And um, so those are the things that really different, differentiate players, you know, good players from elite players, um, the higher level you go up, uh, it's about the work you put in, the hours that you really work on your craft to become the best player that you could possibly be. And that's the difference between the LeBrons and, uh, you know, other players that that have not achieved the success that LeBron and Steph Curry and, and these guys do. I mean, LeBron is, is just a, 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 obviously he's just, he's gifted, but he spends probably the most money out of all the NBA players on his body because he understands the importance that he has to be, he has to do everything he can to, to create some type of advantage. And it has really created um, a long career for himself. Most definitely. And even knowing you as long as I've known you, I mean, you taking that semester off and then me seeing you as a young kid hooping with the men's team at the church and seeing you turn back the sands of times at camp meeting championship games. And then even, even wait, look, Evan, let me tell you something. So when I was in, I think I was still in college, High Point decided to bring a team back. So it was basically Reggie and his two brothers. And Scott was going crazy. Rez was just doing his thing. And then you got Corey out there. Like, it was really unfair what they had. Because I think, like, Scott had maybe, like, 30-something that game. I think, actually, y'all were playing Greensboro. Because I, I was on the lose. I think I was on the losing it. But he was definitely going crazy that game. So that's just how unfair it is no matter how long away you've been from the game, like to see what they've done. And even like, even knowing Abe too, like you could tell like players who haven't played in a while, man, just put a ball in their hands for maybe like a few hours. And then all of a sudden it just, it just a snap. And it's like, they never lost it. Like real talk, but Phil normally like to ask this question, um, but he would ask, who's your goat? Who's your guy? I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but who's your guy? In today's game or, or like all time? All, all time. All, all time. time. Okay. 
I'll give you both. Like all time, my guy is is is, is MJ, man. I mean, the dude, um, yo, man, his mentality. You know, you talk about Mamba mentality. You know, obviously, Kobe Bryant patterned his game after MJ. So, really, man, that that that's the mentality that that Kobe got from MJ. Uh, it's just just super competitive, man. And that's kind of that's just that's just a trait that you know separates you know good players from the elite players. Um, and then the things that he could do on the court, man. I mean, he really had no weakness. And the things that were a weakness when he first came into the league, he worked on. You know, he couldn't shoot a consistent jump shot. He couldn't shoot the three pointer. Uh, you know, but at the end of his career, you know, he could knock that down. He was shooting it at a at a, a very good percentage. Um, so all time is MJ. Um, in today's game, you know, uh, I would probably have to say, uh, you know, Kevin Durant. Um, I mean, he just has a smooth game. Ooh, that's a first. Where's Dion when you need her? It's it's like man, it's like effortlessly. I know I know he's you know he's he's working hard, but he just makes it seem, you know, r- really easy. Um, uh, you know he's a he's he's highly competitive, and I hate the situation that he had to endure uh, with the Nets. You know, he he tried to do everything to keep that situation together, but uh, you know he you know he. He's just a, a, a phenomenal talent, and um, whatever happens with the situation in, in, in the Nets, um, I just wish him the best because, you know, he he deserves to to be on a team that's committed uh, with players that's all committed um, because that's what it takes to win championships. The Warriors uh, showed us that this year. You know, hey, look, they were they were all on the same page, all locked in, and. Um, you know, that's the reason why they're champions. Facts, facts. Most definitely. Um, well, Reg, that concludes this interview. We want to thank you for taking the time out of this early morning for you to to drop by. I think there's definitely some some gems and some lessons that can be taken out of this interview from our listeners. So I know you don't have a foundation, but if you have anything that you do want to plug in, you can definitely plug it in just for our listeners, just to check you out to see what you may have moving forward, or if they have certain needs that I'm sure that you can do just based on your line of work. Yeah, man, absolutely. Hey, again, I want to thank you guys for, uh, you know, for having me on and uh, just uh, having this space where we could talk, you know, basketball, something that I love. And um, just about life as well, man. So, hey, I appreciate you guys. Uh, man, keep doing what you're doing. The podcast, you know, is awesome. And, uh, you know, I, 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 this is something that people really need to check out because uh, you guys are doing a phenomenal job and in, in, in putting information and content out there that, you know, could help somebody. Uh, so, so I appreciate it, man. Um, but as far as what I'm doing now, man, you know, I, I, I run a um, construction company, Todd Co-Builders. We work with uh, 
we work mainly with investors. We help them build out their portfolios, uh, new construction, renovations, um, multifamily, townhome developments. Those are the things that we're kind of have transitioned into over the last several years. And, and, and we're looking to, you know, to can, continue to, to help investors, large or small, uh, build out their rental portfolios um, and their real estate, help them assist in their real estate needs. Also uh, on Sundays, we're doing basketball training at um, Northeast Family Life Center. If you have a young child that's uh, from the ages of 13 to 18, they're ballers, you know, they want to come out for uh, basketball training. Uh, we'll be there uh, Sundays from 12 to 2 p.m. Uh, the address, I believe, is 827 Tom Hunter Road, I believe, in Charlotte, right there at the edge of the Hidden Valley community. Uh, so we'll love to see young people. We train, uh, you know, we do skill development. Uh, we also have several leagues that we're looking to put teams into um, in the fall. And so, um, yeah, we're looking for, you know, we're looking for hoopers, people who, you know, young, young, young boys who are interested in you know developing their skills uh they're interested in competing at a high level um you know we can help and assist in that so um yeah sundays uh, from 12 to 2 p.m at the northeast uh seven adventist church family life center 8 827 i believe tom hunter road if that's not correct please correct me that's it that's it and i can attest to um uh, the work he's done, he's worked with my sons basketball-wise, and they've grown a lot. My son's jumper, when he first came to, to Reggie, was was worse than broke. But now he, he mid-range is straight cash, and now we're working on developing his handle. And then he's done work on, on my homes, and he's done tremendous work each time. So, you know, really give him a call if, if you're looking for some, some business in both those arenas. Most stuff, most stuff. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, make sure you check us out on wherever you listen to your podcast episodes. We out. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes. Please remember to follow us, like, share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady and that is the and sign, some dudes. Our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes. Until next time.